0: Ted Bajorquez here with News Talk KZRG. Welcome to this week's episode of Plot Summary. If you're new to the show, basically what this is, is I take everything Peter, Steve, and myself discussed this week on the Morning News Watch, and I'm going to sum it up for you in about 45 minutes. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it, because quite a bit happened, especially when it comes to politics. Typically, that's kind of what Steve, Peter, and myself talk about. We talk about the big P's, politics and Pop-Tarts. That's pretty much our uh, our genre here. So, the red wave. That was a big topic this week. Some are calling it the red tsunami. According to a poll done from USA Today, which is traditionally not a conservative news outlet by any means, they did a poll and they found that 40% of Hispanics are going to be voting Republican, 40%. Now, back in 2020, Trump won about 32% of Hispanic votes. So Republicans are up quite a bit in that, which is... Not all that surprising to me, given the state of the economy, I feel that people have finally reached their breaking point. We all wondered, when would their breaking point be? Perhaps this is it. Not only that, but according to this USA Today poll, 21% of African Americans are going to be voting Republican as well. Now, back in 2020, Trump won about 12% of the black vote. And according to this poll, 21% are going to be voting Republican this go-round. Now, 21% doesn't seem like a lot, but the black vote is typically a Democrat stronghold. It always has been. And we're now getting to the point where nearly 25%, nearly a quarter of all blacks are going to be voting Republican in this country. That is unprecedented. You want to talk about unprecedented? That's unprecedented. 21%. Now, this may come as a surprise on the surface, but as it turns out, it's actually not all that surprising According to another poll, most voters in this country by a pretty large majority believe that the economy will get worse if the Dems win the majority in the midterm elections. You know, and unfortunately, we have gotten to the point where all of this careful rhetoric and all this careful planning that the Dems are doing at the end of the day, theory only gets you so far. And I think that they had a really solid plan in theory. They were going to fight climate change. They were going to fight racism. We're going to instate universal basic un- income. All that stuff works out very well in theory. Get free health care. All those things sound really terrific in theory. The problem is that once you start putting those in practice, there's going to be a couple of issues. And one of those issues is going to be the economy. And we're seeing that now with the state in which it's in. Now, I believe that that's what Republicans have been pushing back against this whole time. It's not that Republicans are saying, no, we don't want to have educated people. No, we we do want to make poor American families pay for health care. No, we do want to be racist. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is that if you push for all this UBI stuff, if you push for all this health care stuff, if you push for all this socialism stuff, there are going to be ramifications. And we can, unfortunately, see what those ramifications are right now by just looking at the economy. Unfortunately, that's where those ramifications really let themselves be known, and that's what we're seeing here, and according to polling, most people are realizing that. So, with people of color starting to shift red, is that a surprise? No, I I don't think it is. I think it is on the surface, but if you look at the numbers, they add up. It makes sense that they would sort of switch teams, so to speak, even though we are all on the same team, which is America, but... Unfortunately, we do have some inner teams here, and it looks like a lot of people of color are going to be moving red. And that's good to hear. Now, the good news is, is that the way that people are anticipating this red wave or red tsunami, as some are calling it, is not just through polling numbers, because we all know, look, polling can only be so accurate. We saw that in 2016 with Trump. All the polls said that Trump didn't have a chance. Hillary was going to win, no doubt. What happened? We had Trump. So polls can only be so accurate. As it turns out, it's not just the polls that people are using to anticipate this red wave. It's the Democrats themselves. In Florida, Democrat donors have stopped funding the race for governor because they see it as a lost cause. Not too long ago, it was a tight race between Ron DeSantis and Democrat Charlie Crist. And now it's an absolute landslide. So much so that the Democratic Party has completely stopped funding the race in Florida on behalf of the Democrats. They've abandoned it because it is a lost cause. The GOP raised $200 million for the Florida race, $200 million, as opposed to the Democrats who raised $29 million. The Republicans raised a little less than 10 times the amount as the Democrats in Florida. And there's even more evidence to suggest this red wave. It's not just what people think, it's not just the polling, and it's not just how much money is being raised in certain races, all of which, by the way, are leaning red. The state of Florida has more registered Republicans than Democrat voters for the first time in its history. This, which is really amazing in of itself, but it's even more amazing to find out that there's more registered Republicans than Democrats in Florida, despite a massive influx of residents from blue states. A tremendous number of citizens from California moved to Florida in the last couple of years. A tremendous number of citizens moved from New York to Florida these last couple of years. A large influx from Pennsylvania as well. These are all deep blue states, and despite those deep blue states outsourcing their citizens to Florida, there are still more Republicans voting than Democrats. What does that mean to me on the surface? That means to me that all these Californians, all these New Yorkers got really fed up with the state of the economy and the ridiculous taxes that are being levied on them. And they said, we're going to a freedom loving state. We're heading to Florida and I'm voting Republican. To me, that's what that says. And each individual person that does that is just another drop in the red wave that is bound to come. There's a lot of evidence for this red wave. It's not just talk. There's a lot of evidence for this red wave and of And that was a big question we had this week on the Morning News Watch at News Talk KZRG. Why is this happening? Why now? What is causing it? Well, there's a number of reasons. One, the economy. That's more the obvious reason. But another huge reason that came to light this week that has become a huge talking point are test scores. This was an issue that everyone sort of anticipated, but we now actually have the data on, or data, or data, depending on how you pronounce it. We now have the information on it enough time has passed that we can actually see this. And again, Republicans have been been anticipating this for a long time, and it turned out to be true, and that is test scores in school. Math and reading scores across the nation saw a massive drop in public schools, all of which are directly resulted from the shutdowns during the pandemic. How do people know that the drop in test scores are a result of the shutdowns from the pandemic? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one is they compared public school test scores with private school test scores, specifically Catholic schools. Now, most public schools across the nation, especially in blue states, shut down for an extended period of time. Catholic schools across the nation, however, especially in blue states, did not shut down. And if they did, for a significantly shorter amount of time, Catholic schools, which did not close down, Did not see such a stark drop in math and rating scores, not even close. The drop in scores is less than half that of public schools that were shut down for extended periods of time. Now, as I'm sure you remember, during the pandemic, during these closures, the Democrats said the same thing over and over and over. These closures will not affect children's learning. That was what they said. That was the song they sang. Well, as it turns out, that's not true. It's not true at all. So either one of two things happened here. A, they were lying and they knew it would affect it. Or B, they didn't know. They legitimately didn't know. Perhaps the Democrats really believed that it wouldn't affect uh, test scores at all. Well, let's give the Democrats the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they really didn't know. The Republicans have been telling them that for years. Literal years now, by the way. This pandemic has been going on for literal years. And the Republicans have been telling the Democrats If you shut down schools, it will affect test scores. So if you give the Democrats the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know it would affect test scores, you have to ding them for the fact that they refuse to listen to the other 50 percent of the American population who have been telling them this. That's the problem that they have. And that is one of the leading contributors that we're seeing to this red wave are these test scores. Look, people don't like it. When you start coming after their children, whether it's for sexualization or whether it's for test scores, parents want the best for their kids. They want them to get the best education. They want them to be safe. And the second you start targeting children in this way, like these test scores are showing, there's going to be problems and people are going to start to question who it is they're giving power to. And that's another reason why we're seeing this red wave. So there we have it. It's some good news. It's some good news. Some high hopes coming up for these uh, for these midterm elections. Now. Some bad news here. A little bit of bad news here. An anger poll was conducted. You know, we have, we had a lot of poll stories this week on the Morning News Watch at News Talk KZRG. One of them was this anger poll. According to polls, 80% of Democrats and 80% of Republican voters believe that the political opposition poses a threat so serious that if their political opposition wins in the midterms, they will destroy America as we know it. A lot of anger. A lot of divisiveness. Now, again, everyone, that's not a hot take. That's not new. I'm sure you're bored of that talking point, that this country is divided. Yeah, we all know that it's divided, guy. Okay, let's move on. Well, this poll actually proves it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that we believe are true because they make sense, but those things are not actually backed by anything. Unfortunately, the claim that this country is more divided than it's ever been before is true. And we have the numbers for that, according to these polls. 80% of Democrats, 80% of Republicans believe if their opposition wins, this country will be destroyed as we know it. I have to say, that is a little bit dramatic. That is my take. The great thing about being a young person in this country is that I have had the privilege of being able to study history without having to experience it. I'm able to actually look objectively at the events that took place without having the emotion tied into it. And from my young man's perspective, what I see is simply a pattern. I really see a pattern here. Yeah, this country has never been this divided before. Yes, nobody's ever been this angry at their fellow Americans before. But this is nothing new. This country has seen a lot of threats, both foreign and domestic. And the best and most beautiful thing about America is the fact that we always move on. We always pick ourselves up and go off to that next hill to climb it, to conquer that next objective. We, as an American people, have thrived for now centuries. And I really believe we will continue to do that. We're at an angry time right now, no doubt, no doubt. But look, dude, we gotta, we gotta learn how to get along here. Because at the end of the day, these are our neighbors. And at the end of the day, the people that really don't care about us are China and Russia. And I know that a lot of people use those as fear-mongering and as sort of the other and everything. But unfortunately, sometimes those things are true. And unfortunately, right now, There is unprecedented evidence to suggest that China wants to hurt us. Forget, forget wants to take up the mantle of the free world. Forget wants power. They want to harm us. They want to hurt us. They are getting their military going. They are poking and prodding Biden into making poor decisions. So that way we are caught slipping. And that is Zoomers speak, by the way, for we are unprepared. They are coaxing Biden to make decisions to make us unprepared for their attack. It is happening. It is happening. And we need to keep that in mind, that we are actually one team. We're America, man. We got to figure out how to get along here. We really do. That's my hot take. But um, among Democrats, Biden's approval rating is 45%. That's pretty low. Now, and again, that's not 45% among the nation. That's just Democrats themselves. Biden's own party gives him a 45% approval rating. Among independent and swing voters... Biden's approval rating is in the low 40s and mid-30s. It's peaking at the low 40s. It's uh, mostly around the mid-30s, though. So independents are um, also sort of realizing that Biden kind of not the best. So, yes, these midterms, they're, they're going to be a little hot. They're going to be a little heated. They don't need to be, but they will be. So we're going to go ahead and see how that plays out. Um, and by the way, for your complete election coverage, News.KZRG, we got you. We got you back when it comes to complete coverage be sure to tune in and we'll have all the updates, all the details for you when it comes to the midterm at News Talk KZRG. A um, couple of other things on the international stage here that we discussed this week on the Morning News Watch at News Talk KZRG. One of the key hosts for MSNBC, which MSNBC is typically a, a liberal news outlet. One of the hosts asked a Democrat whether or not it's time that other countries start monitoring our voting. <laughs> They uh, she suggested that we have other countries come in and monitor our voting. I, I, I'm, I repeated that. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it a third time because it's ridiculous. She suggested other countries come in and start monitoring our voting. That is a terrible idea. I don't want another country within 10 miles of a voting booth. Uh-uh. I don't want them touching my ballots. This is an American problem and Americans will solve it. We don't need to run away. And, and you know, seek help from the Brits or the Chinese or whoever it is they want. We don't need to do that. And, and MSNBC might not realize this. And I know they're listening because they're huge fans. I'm going to give them a helpful hint, which is corruption. And this is true, is not a uniquely American problem. Guess what? Other countries also have corruption. That might be a hard concept for those at MSNBC to grasp. So I'm going to say it again for them very slowly. Other countries also have corruption. If you're worried about the U.S. being corrupt internally, what do you think is going to happen when another country comes in? They're going to corrupt it for themselves, and it's not even going to fix anything, because guess what? Americans can also work with the third-party countries to be corrupt with them as well. Lots of room for corruption here. This is an American problem that Americans need to solve. It's a terrible idea. It's just a terrible idea. Now, I will give credit to the Democrats that were on MSNBC that were asked that question, I will give credit to the Democrats because they all said no. <laughs> they said that's a terrible idea. Why would we ever do that? Why would we ever do that? So good for the Dems. MSNBC outliberaled even the Democrats. That's a little shocking. Or is it? Eh, eh maybe it's not all that shocking. But a couple of Democrats said that they believe the best way to eliminate voter fraud is to monitor the election boxes. Well, you know, it's funny that they say that because there's actually a couple of really nifty ideas on how we can do that. Number one, require I.D. at the polls, at the voting booths. That's a really good way to monitor elections. So for you at MSNBC, uh, get good. Get good. A couple of other things uh, internationally that we discussed this week on the Morning News Watch. America has a lot of problems, but unfortunately, like I said before, um, a lot of those problems are not unique to America. Over in Germany, about 24,000 Germans took to the streets to protest rising energy costs and the increase to the cost of living. 24,000 Germans. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that many Germans all banding together under one banner. However, in this case, it is for a decent cause. Now, these uh, now these 24,000 Germans, these made-up protesters in six major cities all of which took to the street in an organized fashion to demand more equitable distribution of government funds to relieve that rel- that rising cost. Now, what this problem really indicates is the same problem everyone is having is, that is, is this energy problem. In America, we don't have to have this energy problem. We choose to have it. If we opened up the pipelines and started getting our own natural gas, we wouldn't have this problem, period. However, because we choose not to do that, we are then choosing to have this problem. Germans, on the other hand, they aren't choosing to do that. They don't have the same resources we do in America. That's what makes America so darn great. And because they don't have them, they really are reliant on Russia, which is a problem. Which takes me to our next issue. War. War could happen. War could happen, and it could be at the hand of Russia. Vladimir Putin, who is the quote-unquote president, and I'm using the biggest air quotes possible here, Vladimir Putin warned that these next 10 years will be the most dangerous since World War II ended. He just just said that. Putin has been testing several air, land, and sea-based missile launches, all of which are capable of carrying nukes. He's ramped up his nuclear rhetoric. Kim Jong-un over in North Korea has offered him assistance. Belarus is aiding and embedding these Russian troops, and they've been ramping up their missile strikes and their weapon testing. China has similarly been doing that. I like to think of myself as one of the most anti-war people on the planet. I don't want to go to war. It's a terrifying prospect. But we need to face the reality. And by we, I mean the Democrats, because the Republicans seem to understand this. The Democrats are the ones that are being war hawks right now. And they need to face the reality that if they keep pushing buttons, war could happen. Now, in direct response to Russia's threat, the U.S. has military forces that are fully prepared to march into Russia at any given moment. The Army's 101st Airborne Division, aka the Screaming Eagles, they've been deployed to Europe for the first time since World War II. We've gotten our ships battle ready. We're doing a lot of stuff to prepare, which is good, by the way. I would rather us be prepared than be caught with our pants down, so to speak. But at the end of the day, we need to figure out how to de-escalate this situation or we will be going to war. And unfortunately, as I'm sure you know, war is not as cool as it looks like in the movies. It just isn't. And I don't know why that's a hot take, but apparently to Democrats, me saying war is not good is a very hot take. Apparently, they, they don't like that at all. So much so, uh, as a matter of fact, a Congressional Progressive Caucus wrote and sent a letter to the Biden administration demanding that he push for peace talks in the Russian-Ukraine war. That was something that came out as well this week, was, was this call for peace from this Progressive Caucus. That Congressional Progressive Caucus, they wrote that to Biden. Good for them. I agree with that. We do need to start pushing for peace talks. We do need to de-escalate. What I don't agree with is the second the media got hold of that letter, that very Congressional Progressive Caucus that wrote and sent the letter said, actually, never mind. Never mind, we retract it, we take it back. And they did that because of the backlash that it received from the Democrats. (laughs) Progressives called for peace and the Democrats were so angry at their call for peace that the progressives had to take it back. What kind of world are we living in where somebody says, hey, let's be kind and peaceful and humble, that that triggers such an angry response that the people that made that claim now need to backtrack it? Wow. What happened to uh, the peace hippies? I thought the Democrats were the hippies, man. What happened to that? Well, they're the Warhawks now. You want to talk about the great switch? There it is. The chairman of that progressive caucus um, is a Democrat from Wisconsin, and they blamed it on staffers for sending it too soon. And they use the phrase too soon. A call for peace cannot possibly come soon enough. So what the heck are they talking about? Well, politics. Unfortunately, these Democrats are more focused on politics than they are focused on helping people. What would help people is peace, is ending this war in a peaceful way. That would help people. And they know that. But they want to make sure that that call for peace goes out at a good time. They want to make sure it goes out at a politically advantageous time, not an advantageous time for humans or for people. I mean, if you want to talk about playing politics with people's lives. That's a big thing the Democrats talk about, especially when it came to DeSantis and Governor Greg Abbott when he was bussing migrants to liberal cities and sanctuary cities. They say you're playing politics with people's lives. You want to talk about playing politics with people's lives, not calling for peace as soon as possible because it might not look good given really specific political situations. That is playing politics with people's lives. Literal lives, by the way, because we're talking about war. We're talking about people shooting and killing each other. We're not talking about bussing homeless migrants to the most wealthy cities in America for free. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people's literal lives that could end if we do not reach peace sooner. But they're not worried about that. They're worried about what makes them look politically decent. And in the midst of all that, in the midst of people trying to de-escalate calling for peace, what do we have? Nancy Pelosi. Oh, suddenly she enters the fray. And what has she announced? She's announced more funding for Ukraine. (laughs) She wants more money to go to Ukraine. That's what they want. Um, This week on the Morning News Watch, uh, we also discussed uh, another threat that Putin had made. Russian officials claimed that Ukraine is planning to use a dirty bomb in their own borders. So Russia claims that Ukraine is going to use a dirty bomb on Ukraine. Um, Ukrainians, on the other hand, say that this is an indication that the Russians are planning on using a dirty bomb, and they're sort of planting the seeds to make it seem like the Ukrainians did it. Now, this has not happened yet, but that is um, that is another claim that Putin made. And a dirty bomb, by the way, if you don't know, is a dirty bomb is essentially a mini-nuke. Um, it is an explosive device. It's a bomb that's made out of nuclear waste as opposed to refined nuclear material. So it's like a it's a weak nuke, essentially, because... A real nuke is the the nuclear material in it is refined. It's made specifically for the purposes of a bomb. This is like taking all of the waste material and throwing it into an explosive and so it is it is chemically very hazardous, but it's not quite a full blown nuke. It's a dirty bomb. you know that's sort of the sort of the name they gave it so which and again, by the way, still nuclear threats. That's just another example of Putin ramping up nuclear rhetoric. That's all it is. So that's pretty much what we had cooking this week on the morning news watch at News Talk KZRG in terms of war and in terms of uh, international international happenings. Um, here uh, in the U.S., the left is arguing that your pets have a major negative impact on climate change. Yes, we're still on the climate change topic, and they're arguing that their pets have a major quote carbon paw print, which I will say is kind of an adorable name for it. However, That's ridiculous. And uh, what the left is now suggesting is that you get rid of your dog. (laughs) They say that in order to be a responsible member of society, in order to responsibly battle climate change, don't own a dog. Get rid of it. Don't own a cat. Get rid of it. Instead, adopt small rodents. And what's more, they say that if you do keep your dog and cat, you should probably feed them insect based food. Yes, we are in the world outside of the Matrix now, people, where we are feeding ourselves and our pets bugs, and uh, we have pet rats. We have rats for pets instead of dogs. They're coming after your dogs. (laughs) I mean, they came after the freedom. They came after freedom of speech. They came after your guns. They came after your children, and now they're coming after your dogs, right when you think you got nothing left but man's best friend. And they're coming after man's best friend. Hilarious. Um, they also suggest that if you do keep your dog or your cat, um, you should pick up your animal's feces and flush it down the toilet instead of throwing it away. Which, like, at this point, I mean, you got to laugh. Like, at this point, are they just pranking us? Like, like, is this the left just as some sort of coordinated prank on conservatives? Let, like, you know, they all get together and they say, how far can we push conservatives? How how crazy can we make conservatives think that we are? <laughs> you got to flush your dog's fecal matter down the toilet. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, we I, I got a very big laugh on that. Uh, Peter was very worried about that. And uh, Steve, um, he said, well, if they take our dogs, are they coming for our Pop-Tart snacks? To which I said, yes, of course they are. Now, uh, a lot of people were pretty upset at those claims that we should get rid of our animals. Uh... There were some funny tweets. Uh, the actor James Woods, he said, quote, Okay, that's it. Enough is enough. Those liberal lunatics have gone after our guns, our cars, our money, our children. But when they go after our furry burgers, that's game on. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're going after it all, including our furry burgers, Schnoot burgers. I don't even know, man. They're going after the furry little guys, our fuzzy buddies, and... That's a shame. It's a real shame. A fraternity or rather a sorority in Wyoming, I guess it's now a fraternity, but a sorority in Wyoming has accepted a trans male and it's the first trans male they've accepted in uh in the in the sorority's history. Kappa Kappa Gamma, that was a close one. They uh they have a chapter at the University of Wyoming and they have accepted a biological male that identifies as a female. To be part of their sisterhood. Um, I, uh, I I have no comment on that, to be honest. That's, um, wow. All right. Meanwhile, the federal government this week was suggesting security checks on Elon Musk because of his Twitter purchase. That was another big thing that happened this week. Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter formally went through. He is now the owner of Twitter. And on his first day as owner, he went in and immediately fired the CEO and fired the CFO. He got, he got him out of there. He said, "You guys are no longer operating this." And he announced this week that he plans on firing about seventy-five percent of the current staff. He's going to bring in his own guys, and uh, he's going to fix that place up. Thank God. Now, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people on the left since then have been saying democracy is dead. Oh my God, democracy is dead, and that's and you know freedom as we know it has been destroyed. It's gone. Because they bought Twitter. What are you, joking? That's like saying the concept of of democracy is officially over. Because Instagram updated their terms of services. Guess what, buddy? The concept of democracy has been around for about 5,000 years. I don't think Twitter is going to be the thing to end it. And for anyone that does think that, there's a word for that. Vanity, my friend. If you think that the technology of your time... That is all about tweeting about that fact that you went to the gym and that you lost weight and you're eating healthy. If you think that program is going to end a 5,000-year-old concept, you are vain, my friend. Now, the national government, or rather the federal government, was not very happy with Elon Musk for owning Twitter, mostly because they can no longer use it as their own personal censorship program or ministry of truth. Now that he owns it and now that it's actually a legitimately free and legitimately for the people, now they want to do security checks on him. Um, Now, Twitter was the thing that sort of set this off, but they claim that they also want to investigate Starlink as well as Tesla, specifically for foreign investors and foreign um, influences that may be part of those three major things. This might be surprising, but I'm going to say this. I think that's a good idea. I think that we should actually do security checks. Because at the end of the day, we don't actually know what Twitter, what the heck Twitter's doing, even though that it, Elon Musk now owns it. And frankly, I personally, I trust Elon Musk, even though that I'm a big fan of Elon and I trust him, I still think we should do security checks because he can't do everything. Why not have a second set of eyes on it? See what China, what, what spyware China has a, has been able to install in there and Starlink as well. Is China able to hack into Starlink and use it for themselves, steal our data? What happens if Starlink falls out of the sky and crashes into New York? or here in Missouri. These are all things that we need to make sure. And as much trust as I have in Elon Musk and his genius and the work that he does and the people he surrounds himself with, why not have a second set of eyes on it? I think we should. And by the way, another great thing with this security check with Elon is it sets a precedent. If we say we need to do national security checks on people that own companies that are in X amount of nations and you know make X amount of money and have X amount of influence, then guess what? We have to do that for every company. I would love to set that precedent. I would love to see what Jeffrey Epstein's companies were doing, which, by the way, still haven't been investigated. I'd love to see what the Clinton Foundation is up to. Let's do a national security check on them. Let's do a national security check on the DNC, for crying out loud. I would love to see all of that. And so, yeah, I think we should do these national security checks on these large companies. And if we have to start with Elon, so be it. I'm a supporter. Let's do Elon. And then after that, let's do Clinton. Because eventually somebody has to be the bigger person here. And I, I think the Republicans should be fine. You want to do national security checks? You want to try and drag us down? Fine. We'll do that. You can start with us. But then it's your turn right after. And you know we're heading straight for Clinton, my friend. So yeah, let's go for it. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And the reason why is because the Biden administration is scouring the laws to find some sort of reason to legally be able to do a national security check on Elon and his companies, and they've yet to come up with one. So doesn't look like it's going to happen. That's too bad, because I would have loved it to happen, if for nothing else, just to set that precedent. A couple of other uh, pretty crazy things that happened this week that we discussed on the Morning News Watch at News Talk KZRG. There was uh, an event that was being held in Washington. It was a peaceful protest event called Let Women Speak, Um, It was hosted and organized by women. It It was a women's event called Let Women Speak. The whole idea was to let women voice their concerns as women about the trans movement. And they chose to do this in a public setting in Washington per their right as Americans to do. Well, multiple people tried to shut down this event, most of which were trans men to women. So a bunch of individuals that are biologically male but identify as female, they showed up to shut down these biological women from speaking. And they did it by physically attacking them. And it started with one speaker who is a lesbian woman. um, And by that, I mean, she's a a biological woman. She was voicing her opinion. She was giving a small speech that she had prepared. And a person born as a man who transitioned to a female tried to uh, assault her. This biological male sprinted up from behind her and like tried to mug her, basically. Luckily, some of the biological women in this crowd saw this happening and jumped to the biological woman's defense. This biological man tried to physically assault a biological woman, and the biological women had to physically defend the biological woman from the biological man. And I keep on using the word biological because they're all women in this story, so I want to make sure that there's some sort of determination between the two. Later on in the protest, um, one biological woman that was part of the Let Women Speak group was attacked by a regular man, not a, not, a, not a trans man or a trans woman. It was just a man. And uh, this woman was filming the protest. And this man must have done something on camera that he didn't like or didn't want to be on film. So he grabbed this woman's hand and crushed it so hard that she suspected to have several broken fingers. He crushed her hand so hard that way she would drop her phone. He then grabbed her phone and destroyed it. He, he he broke it, assumably to get rid of whatever footage was on it, which is really stupid because I guess this guy's never heard of the cloud. Here's a little advice for you, Buster Brown. Whatever you film on your phone automatically gets uploaded to the cloud, so that woman can still access the footage from anywhere. Um, that individual that physically assaulted this woman and broke her fingers, he was arrested. Thank God. There is no word yet on if she's going to be pressing charges. I hope that she does, but yeah. So that's where we are, is is a bunch of women were hosting a peaceful protest and a bunch of men showed up and tried to beat the heck out of them. That's what happens when we get rid of morals. That's what happens when we don't have a a good moral foundation that this country had found in Christianity for a very long time. But if you get rid of all that, you get rid of all the morals and you can have men just beating the heck out of women and nobody bats an eye. Nobody cares. That's what happens. So, you know, that's always encouraging to see, I suppose. Um, there was a couple of uh, pretty big lawsuits that uh, we discussed on the Morning News, Watch, News Talk, KZRG. One of them was pretty funny. Uh, there's, <laughs> there is there is ca- a weed company in California, and by weed I mean marijuana. There's a marijuana company in California, and there's a lawsuit pending against them because supposedly this company's marijuana does not get customers high enough. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this company does not give people high enough and so people are suing them. God, I love this country. The suit alleges that the company's products contain less THC levels than advertised. So essentially, this is an issue of false advertising, which is fair. You know, we have to make sure that we keep a stamp on that. This company, uh, on on the packaging of one of their products, they have, quote, the one joint that will get you to Mars faster than Elon Musk. (laughs) I thought that was pretty clever marketing. I found it funny. Um, but as it turns out, this company advertises their products to have 35 to 46 percent THC in each of their individual products. However, an independent lab tested it and they found that their products only have 23 to 27 percent of TH levels. So less than half of what they advertise. That is wrong, you know, and, and, and it's all about false advertising and overcharging customers because the way that these companies do it is the more THC in the product, the more they charge you. So not only is it false advertising, but they're actually falsely charging you for more money. Um, So we'll see how that lawsuit goes through. I I had a feeling that these would become more and more common as marijuana became more and more common and legal and all that good stuff. And um, I'm glad to see that it's finally happening. We'll see what the Pied Piper has to say. The filibuster, that was also a, a big story this week. The filibuster is something that a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans have been trying to get rid of for a very long time. Unfortunately, nobody ever actually gets rid of it because both sides use it uh, as, as a political tool. The Democrats in recent years have really been pushing to get rid of the filibuster. That is something that is, that is one of their big cries that they've really been going for. And all of a sudden they switch back to liking the filibuster. A lot of Democrats are backpedaling on their call to abolish the filibuster. And the reason why they are backpedaling is because polls show that they may lose. We, we talked a lot about the red wave earlier. And once they saw this red wave coming, they go, actually, we like the filibuster. 48 Senate Democrats voted in January to eliminate the filibuster. Although Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Cinema of Arizona, they both joined with Republicans to save the procedure. And yet today... A lot of them are going back for the filibuster. Now, a couple of them are holding out. A couple of Dems are holding out. Um, That includes Senate nominees Tim Ryan of Ohio, as well as John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. They've continued to pledge to blow up the filibuster. But uh, polling shows that the party is, is unlikely to do that, as they likely don't have the votes necessary to do so. And even so, like I said, a lot of them are suddenly favoring it once again. So not only do they not have the votes, but it appears they no longer really have the will. Which is a shame, because, uh, well, I thought these were stand-up people. I really thought that they believed in their convictions, and they weren't just saying what they felt they should say in order to get elected and then not do anything about it. I, You know, that's what I thought. That's how I thought the Democrats rolled, but apparently not. Shocker, he said sarcastically. Paychecks. That was a big topic this week as well. According to polls, 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That is grim. We are a first world country. Sixty three percent of our population should not be living paycheck to paycheck. It should be five percent max. That is very grim. This is coming as rising prices are continuing to outpace wage gains, making real wages down. Now, the Democrats, especially Joe Biden in the White House, they're really big on talking about how wages have never been higher under his administration. Wages have never been higher. And that's true. That is that is statistically accurate. That wages are currently the highest they've ever been in American history. However real wages are down now that is not just fancy schmancy economic speak that is a, a real term that is actually very important what real wages are are how much money you get when adjusted for inflation or in other words how many goods and services can be bought for the money you are getting so if I'm getting paid a hundred dollars an hour and a loaf of bread costs five dollars I'm not doing too bad that's pretty decent but then suddenly if I'm making hundred dollars an hour and a loaf of bread costs $5,000, well, suddenly that's not all that great. Even though I'm making $100 an hour, even though my wage is higher than it's ever been before, it's not really worth all that much, now, is it? And that's what real wages are, is how much your money is actually worth when adjusted for inflation. Real wages are down 3% year over year. Americans are making more money than they've ever made before in the history of this country, but that money is now worth a lot less. So what's the point of making more money? That's called inflation. Real wages are down 3% year over year. Another poll says that two-thirds of working-class adults say that they are worse off financially today than they were a year ago. That's not that surprising when your money is worth a lot less. If you get a 3% raise, but inflation makes your money worth 5% less, You didn't get more money. You got 2% less money. Just to really simplify, percentages are funky, so that's not exactly right. But to paint a really clear picture, that's pretty much what happens. You got more money, but it's worth less. So what's the point of having more money? That's not something to brag about. But that's what the Biden administration is doing, because they like to play these little games where they make really bad stuff seem kind of good, and then they amplify it. And unfortunately, they own all the fact checkers, so nobody can really call them on it except for us at News Talk KZRG. So there it is. That is what uh, the News Talk KZRG boys discussed this week. Peter, Steve, and myself, that's sort of the lowdown of what we had. You can always tune in on the airwaves to News Talk KZRG, the Morning News Watch. You can also check us out on our Facebook page. We do a Facebook live stream every single morning for the Morning News Watch. And uh, the great thing about being on our Facebook live page is we have a comment section, and we actually interact directly with people, and uh, you actually can sort of Engage in the conversation, and uh, a lot of the times, based off of what people are saying in the comments, that actually guides our conversation and what we discuss on air. So, in a way, you could actually be part of the Morning News Watch if you tune in to our Facebook live stream every morning. And again, if there's ever something that you think we should have covered, let us know. If there's ever something that you think we might have covered but you're not sure and you could have missed, tune in right here to Plot Summary, where I sum up everything we discussed this week all in one nice, succinct 45 minutes or less This was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you later on News Talk KZRG.